Thank you for joining us on the first ever episode of Dear Doris, an Army of Love production. My name is Lee Kirakdahl. I am joined by my dear friend Daryl Fish, better known as Fish, also known as Fisherman Jones, also known as Pescado Frito. How are you, brother? What's up? Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely known by all those things to, to specific people. Uh, Pescado Frito, definitely a proprietary to you in origin. Um, doing well. Um, really excited about this. You know, we've been talking about it for a hot minute and kind of warming up in terms of having conversations and long form. And it feels feels like the time to start sharing more. The time is now, and here we are. So thank, thank you, Fish, for being here. Um, we can... The audience is going to learn about us over the next few years, so let's just skip the intro stuff and talk about our first episode topic, which is diving into the value and expansion we've experienced in the party scene. In this case, particularly electronic music of the melodic techno variant, I would say, see Fusion Festival for a reference point. Um, never been there, would love to. Let's start like this. I want to open the floor for you uh, to just share with us why you think the music scene creates such a space for transformation cool uh yeah it's it's a deep deep rabbit hole that we're going to go into with this stuff and and you and i have both experienced so much in this world of like parties and festivals which which started for me as very much an escape um i got into the electronic music scene and parties and all that uh, largely because I didn't have much else going on in my life at the time. I had uh, decided I wasn't going to play poker professionally anymore, which was kind of the past life I had lived and was looking for something new, but I didn't have it yet. So I started going to parties and festivals and, and doing drugs and particularly psychedelics. And throughout that course of time, my entire perspective and philosophy around why I was going to these events, what I was looking for at these events, what I was getting out of these experiences grew so much. And, and the way I see these things now versus, you know, four years ago, it's, it's a totally different lens. And now I very much see every, uh, dance party, so to speak, that I go to as an opportunity to connect more with myself, to be more vulnerable in the way I express myself, to, move my body to experience flow state, to connect with people in a, in a non-judgmental space. And, and something I've been thinking about a lot, like in the last few days, specifically, um, I was listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast and he was talking about, you know, the polarization of society that we're seeing now greater than ever and how music is something so beautiful because it, it represents this like, unification process that is required for something to thrive or be in harmony or be in alignment. And I'm actually going to read the quote because it was so powerful. Um, so basically, uh, in 
I, I got it pretty much accurate. Um, music speaks to that capacity to unify all the greatest diversity, uh, harmoniously unified in multiple layers, simultaneously making a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts. So that basically to me represents how, you know, when we come together, we are stronger than the sum of our parts. And in the context of music, if you listen to a kick drum by itself, you're not interested in that. It, it serves no value. It, it's like nothing on its own in a way. And not to say you or I are nothing on our own, but you put that kick drum with some bass and some this and some that and a little bit of whatever. And suddenly all these things that on their own didn't have so much power become this, this moving thing and this, this living, breathing organism that not only conveys emotion, but in, induces emotion and, and it helps us tap into places within ourselves and, and to get out of our minds. And so that was so beautiful to me because I think a big part of why I'm so attracted to the music world and why it's particularly thriving now um, during this COVID time is because it does allow that opportunity for people to just connect as humans on a baseline level with no pretext of, are you vaccinated or did you vote for whoever? It's nobody enters with those thoughts. They enter with, let's just be here to have a good time together. And, and that, that sounds kind of trivial, but it's so deep and meaningful and we've lost touch with that. So for me, where I'm at now, participating in this world is such a, a clear reflection of, of the need for unity, the need for us to drop all these judgments and preconceived notions of, of who we are and who each other is and just be together. Beautifully said. When you were describing the, the different notes, making the harmony, uh, it really sounded like you were building a sauce over there. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of ways I could go with this and I'll, I'll stick with the sauce that I just referenced. So that's the term that Fish and I have been using for a few years now. And for me, when I think about why the parties uh, open this door for me, there's clearly a lot of elements. A big part of it is sort of this agreement that we're showing up in a non-judgmental way uh, that is ginormous. The hypnotizing effect of the sound is just ridiculously healing and introspective. And I mean, ultimately, what I want to talk about now is just the community aspect. And that's really what first drew me in to this type of partying. I was before I really connected with the music, I was in awe of the openness of the people. And when we talk about the sauce, we're talking about the crowd at the party. So for example, the venue is the bread, the DJ is the, the meat or the vegan jackfruit, and the crowd, dare I say, we are the sauce. And it was at the garbage festival I was at with you. It was my second year. And it was when Stavros was playing. I could see the energy whirling up and just possessing people. And it was love. It was just straight up love. 
And sure, they were guiding us with the sound, but ultimately it was us that was whirling up this energy and building it together and just everybody was welcome there. And the sauce to me is arguably the most important part of a sandwich. <laughs> I, mean, I would it say all so. Depends, right? Like a great, a great <clears throat> fucking bun could compensate for a, a shitty sauce, right? Like what an incredible venue. And that gives you a particular experience. But it's that sauce that got you licking your fingers, baby. And I've been to parties where the music wasn't that good. The venue was non-existent, but the sauce was incredible. You don't even need bread. I'll lick it with my fingers. So I, over the years, I've really come to appreciate the value that we have as attendees. Uh, oftentimes we, we look up to the DJs and such with good reason, and I'm still looking up to them, but... I really want to bring awareness to people that, hey, at these parties, you're having an impact on me, and I'm having an impact on her. And guess what? We're all having an impact on each other. Isn't that beautiful? And this is why I am fascinated with the party scene, because to me, it's a microcosm of society as a whole, and it's more digestible Rather than, you know, 7 billion people, we got 7,000 people at this festival. And the level of engagement, uh, dare I call it data for my brain to upgrade its system, is unheard of. I mean, I will have more engagement at a meaningful level at 10 minutes at a party in the flow glow than I will at two months here in New Jersey. Like, it's not even close from, from my experience. So, there's so many things, so many benefits from the, the music scene for me. And in terms of the parties, which that word has such a connotation, but in terms of the parties, these gatherings, really the key component that comes to me now in this moment is the sauce. Mm -hmm. And that's you. Uh, that's everyone that plays a part in this. And I don't want anyone to feel pressure or necessarily a responsibility, but I do want you to know that you're a part and we're a part of creating this space together. And if we could be more intentional about that, I believe the impact of the experience can be even deeper um, our reception will be cleaner, meaning we'll need less help to tune in to the energy at that level. Mm -hmm. Look, man, I love some help, <laughs> but I'm working towards less help and starting to go on a little bit of a tangent. But do you have anything that comes up for you that you want to add to that? Um, so, yeah, this whole concept of, of the sauce and our our participation in it. Um, had never, it was never something I experienced in the first like 20 or so years of my life. And then I went to my first music festival, which was EDC in Las Vegas. And with some help, I was able to really feel this like deep level of like connected network of energy 
with these big crowds and and how palpable that is and how there's something there and at the time i had no fucking clue really what it was or how to describe it but it was this feeling of like wow like being here with all these people in this very pure state this feels really good and I, I, and it kind of made me want to lean into it more and see more of what was there. And gradually over time, you know, I started off as kind of uh, looking at the sauce from the side in a way, but now it's become like so clear to me how important I am to that sauce, both in general as an individual who's part of the crowd, but also me personally and, and the growth that I've experienced through this sauciness and like my confidence and my just sense of self, my, my knowing and, and respecting who I am has, has grown so immensely over the years as a result of, of parties, uh, so to speak. And, and it's because of what you said, like the experience that I'll have in two days at a festival is more than an entire year of my day-to-day -day life. And and anybody who's been to Burning Man or any of these bigger festivals, I'm sure could kind of attest to that feeling of you go back and life just seems kind of shallow and you just want more out of it in a way. And part of that is you want these like peak experiences. I want like these high moments, but more than that, or more importantly than that, it's a sense of like walking around and feeling like they're the people around you are like part of your human tribe rather than everybody's just, you know, nowadays more than ever in their own little bubble. And, and for me on a soul level, that doesn't feel good to like look around and see people disconnected from each other. And so the, the, yeah, the progress I made in that world of, of sauce creation, it, it's just, it's just so meaningful and important. And, and I've really come to identify over time, how, how much of a light I can provide in that space. And at the beginning I was, I was terrified to get out on the dance floor and dance, especially if people might see me do it, uh, in a dark room with a big crowd, maybe. But over time I, I started to see like, wow, when I get in there, when I share my energy and when I express myself and, and play like a little kid, people love it and people want to be around me and they want to interact with me and they want to express themselves in that way too, because it's, it's natural. And so, uh, at first this started happening to me and it was a very like ego validating experience. It's like, Oh wow, cool. These people like me. Am I cool? Like I'm, I got good dance moves. Like a lot of that kind of stuff came up. Um, which at the time I needed that boost in confidence. My ego may have needed that validation to kind of uh, get to the center point where I needed to be. But over time it became it flipped the script because it got to a point where like I would go out to a party and so many people would want my attention that I, I couldn't handle it. And I, I couldn't be the light all the time for all the people. And not to say I, I have that power, but we do, we each do have that power to, to be the light for each other. And so it's funny how that evolved to a point where now I go out not to fill a void, not to find something, but to share my overflow of energy and self-love that I've been able to cultivate largely as a result of the experiences I've had through the, the electronic music world. Wow. <clears throat> All right. Lots to talk about here. <laughs> Always. Um, Always. Yeah, before diving into it, I want to land the plane that I took off earlier about uh, the sauce and in this context 
you're explaining to us how you're at a space now that you are confidently an ingredient in the sauce, an active ingredient. And in these parties, you feel good about the energy you're able to bring and share with people, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the whole point I was trying to make before is that the parties are a microcosm of life and what's going on here. And it's easier to see in a party how, whoa, everybody's affecting each other and I can really bring some positivity. And wow, I really helped that woman loosen up. And now we're smiling and laughing. You know, it doesn't stop on the dance floor. This is everywhere. And this is the way that you interact with the waiter, the garbage man, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, for me, it's created a playground and a university for me to go and learn, observe with all of these interactions we get and engagements and then bring that back to the streets so that when we leave Burning Man, it's less about, oh no, I don't want to leave this freedom and more, we're free, baby. Let's share it. Let's shine that light that you shine on the dance floor. Bring that shit to Whole Foods, brother. Mm -hmm. Because grandma's over there ready to receive, you know, and you guys will have that moment. Yeah, and it's all about like integration is the key word there, right? And that gets talked about, that word, um, specifically with Burning Man. People go, they have these revelatory transformational experiences, and then there's a period of time you need to kind of integrate and, and get back to reality, um, whatever the fuck that means. Um, but if you don't take the time and, and have some intention around bringing those things, those lessons, those values, those insights into your day-to-day -day interaction with the barista down the corner or your kid's teacher at school, whatever it might be, then then Burning Man or whatever it is, is is nothing more than an escape from the reality that you think you live in. And so uh, you know, when you were speaking on this before, like poker was a big example of this for me because uh, as with any game, poker is built on uh, game theory. Um, it's a science. It's taught in schools. Um, there's a very theoretical, mathematical, scientific way to look at games in general. And they all have a lot of these commonalities. And and something I got from playing poker for so long was that these game theory things that I would use in the scope of poker actually applied to almost everything else in my life. And I started to see how different things are kind of all the same. Um, we look at a lot of our parts of our lives differently, but how we do anything is how we do everything, right? We've all heard that quote. And so with the partying, all these things that we're talking about, it, you know, that feeling of I, I'm not judged, I, I don't have to hold back, I can just be nice to people just because, and all those things and all the little lessons in between are, are we can bring those into our daily lives. And that is to me, the magic of all this. Um, uh, why it's been such an adventure for you and I going through this world and, and learning from each other in the process. It's like we can bring all of this stuff into every moment of our lives and it really creates a more beautiful life overall. Damn, brother, you cooking. You got the, uh, that's the, that's definitely grilled fish. That's grilled fish with like the, definitely like the, you know, the black spice. Oh, uh, you got to have whatever, the little, blackening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta have the blackening on the grilled fish for a little flavor. <sighs> yes, very well said. And I want to come back to something you were opening the door upon, and that was 
you know, more or less recognizing you are a shining light in this space and the components of ego evolution in in that journey. I remember for me, once I like got into it and started learning how to dance and basically send it, the energy I was bringing was insane. I didn't realize it because it was just normal to me, right? So maybe at like my fourth party, I was dancing and the guy in front of me was, a lot of people weren't dancing that much. So relative to them, the guy in front of me was moving and he wasn't even doing much. But he got me going and I was like, fuck yeah, like this guy doesn't even know how hard I'm dancing with him right now. <laughs> in that moment, I thought, oh my fucking God, I'm this guy to everyone else when I'm moving. And then that opened up about a year of confidence, ego. I wouldn't even say ego in a bad way. I was another thing uh, very important to note for me personally and so that the audience kind of knows where I'm at. I came into the techno party world at 30 years old already having a decent grip on who I am and a certain you know level of consciousness if you want to call it that. I say that to say this, um, I was already at a point where I recognized that chasing your ego away is not valuable. Uh, the ego is a part of me and I want to become more gentle with it so that I can get closer to it and manipulate it. <laughs> um, so yeah, the point I wanted to make was that as I was recognizing my value and feeling confident in the space and my ego would show up, I wasn't really like overdosing on it. I was more like, ha, look at that. You like that, don't you? You like that that girl's smiling at you, huh? And where does that come from? And it gave me an opportunity to like really just look at it. So again, over years of getting this kind of engagement and feedback, it's given my brain so much data to process and upgrade and not just how to interact with other people but awareness within myself and tendencies I may have uh, but to bring it back on track uh, talking about being like a shining light at parties um, yeah like there was a, a phase where I recognized it and I leaned into it and then there was other times, to your point, where it kind of comes back and it it might bring unwanted energy your way. And then it creates an opportunity to learn about boundaries and and how to manage your, uh, your space and things like that. But how, how has it changed for you from when you first started getting that swagger on the dance floor to now what what does it feel like the difference is uh so for starters um to kind of give a little context about myself as well i had kind of a similar experience to you in the sense that when i got into the like party world it was i was late to the game in a way um i was around 30 as well and i had 
very much already built an identity for myself in the poker world that I had lived. And part, a big part, maybe most of why I left that or decided to, to, to change course was because I had identified how much of an identification and an attachment to that identity that I had developed and how my ego had like ran away with itself. And I was very much like Daryl fish, the professional poker player, cool guy who's been on TV, whatever, like all that shit. And, and, and it's cool. Like I'm, I'm not ashamed of that stuff, but it, it started to become all of who I was. And I, I started to say, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like I, I know that I'm so much more than this. I can't let this become all of me. And so I, I saw how the ego implications of that life were affecting me and how all my interactions were informed by that identity. And, and it, it started to freak me out <laughs> big time. And I said, I need to like, I need to detach from this identity a bit and explore my true identity and, and who I really am and in whole. And so when I got into the music world, I already had that pretext of like, I don't want to become like this egomaniac that I already have experienced being. I want to like enter this space at, with a fresh start and I can redefine myself and I can, I can keep it open and I can let myself just be whatever I am. And so I think that was a big benefit for me. Um, if I had come into the party world when I was 20, it, it would have been looking to create an identity more than like looking to be free of my identity. Um, which is kind of how I frame my approach now, um, to life in general when I can. So very much though, when I started going to parties more frequently, especially here in Miami, um, you know, during COVID in the last year or two, Miami has been very active. There's been more than enough parties to go to. So it became the thing to do socially was to go out and dance and be at these music venues. And I started going out a lot and I was noticing that I was dancing more than almost everyone, almost every night. I was the most active dancer there, which, you know, when a DJ sees us moving in sync with the music, it, it makes them feel received and seen and, and, and heard and, and felt and all these beautiful things that as an artist, that's what they're, they're creating for, not only for their own joy and satisfaction, but to be received and to have someone see their art. And so I started being noticed a lot by the DJs. I could tell that like they saw me out there sending it and that I was attractive to them as a result. And so that kind of allowed me or facilitated me becoming friends or, or, or friendly at least with a lot of these people that I had previously felt a separation from, you know, I'm there, I'm the crowd, they're the DJ, it's two different things. And then I started to understand how much the the cohesiveness matters of the sauce and the bread and the meat and otherwise like everybody there is feeling some level of emptiness you know if a dj is playing and no one's dancing they don't like that feeling that's not what they're there for and so i wasn't forcing myself to dance really hard it's just the energy that i had at the time and maybe some of it had to do with emotions that were stored in my body that i needed to let go of because as you and I know, through movement and dancing, it's a very healing process for uh, stuck trauma and emotions. And, um, but I was sending it all the time. And so I started to be like noticed by people that were important in the world I was entering. And my first reaction was like, Oh, shit, the DJ thinks I'm cool. Nice. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and and it, 
part of that was I, I was looking for friends in this world. I, I had no real community at the time. And so I, I, I needed or wanted those connections. And so it kind of evolved and I became closer with more people in the scene and the industry. And eventually got to the point where I would go out and like, I'd be on the guest list for whoever. And I'd be like invited into the booth to hang out in the booth. And, and, and at first, like the booth, that's a whole other topic we could talk about, but being in the DJ booth is something that a lot of people like feel good about, or it makes them feel cool or whatever it is. Um, and there's some coolness to it because you get to be like a go-go dancer for the DJ in a way and transmit and translate the energy of the music to the crowd. Um, and there, there's a big difference between that and then someone who's just standing in the booth taking videos the whole time, not really giving any energy. And, you know, like at Garbage, we see 20 people in the booth and they're all like going ape shit, and it feeds the crowd. Um, so there's a lot of power in that. But now I'm almost to the point where I, I don't even like being in the booth. I want to be in the crowd in the sauce. Like I get more and I feel like I'm I'm serving more in a way, which part of my my intention when I go out and dance in public is to is to serve the people around me with my energy and 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 knowing what I've got from other people doing the same, like the guy that you described. So like I didn't get to this place of confidence and freedom on my own <laughs> by any means. I got it through seeing and being around other people who were sending it and whipping up the sauce and feeling, oh shit, like I can tell they're having a great time. It feels good to be near them. What am I missing here? Like why <laughs> why am I holding back from that exact same thing? Yeah, and one of the things that comes up for me here is the, you know, the gifts that you bring to the crowd. I remember once I was working at a hostel and Fritz loves Psytrance. And Fritz is blasting Psytrance in the middle of the hostel space. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if this is really the right volume. And his perspective was literally, this is amazing. I'm sharing these gifts with everyone. <laughs> and the reason I tell that story is because the beauty of the dance floor for me and my experience is sharing the gifts tastefully. So... If you're that guy that's out there and it's like, I got energy and you're giving it to me, but I don't fucking want it. You're not contributing to the vibe in the place. You're, you're kind of intimidating me or you're just too much. I got to deal with you now. It's a flow breaker. We'll get to that one. Um, so I think what's a big element of it is that that craft and expressing yourself, but also not needing a response uh, because when, when what I realized over time is that there's a difference in the energetic charge it could be very slight but th that's what makes the difference right and if there's any piece of you that really wants or expects a reaction from that guy whose attention I'm trying to get or that cute girl over there, whatever it may be, it's a different energetic charge than when it's just open, sharing, full send, love asks for nothing in return. 
Yeah, then that's it's the essence of that is unconditional versus conditional love, right? And the difference between I love you and I love you and and just expressing that love just to share the love versus I love you, will you please say it back to me? And and that is right. in all these different categories. Totally. And it opens the door for a really big topic that I've been respecting the depth of as I've started writing more. And that's nonverbal communication. All right, I'm going to bring in a suitcase and we're going to unpack it together. Part of what makes the parties unique is that there's a high level of non verbal communication going on my preferred space to meet someone now what I recognize is that if I meet you and your friends at the bar and one of your friends has a, a voice whose frequency isn't pleasing me and I hear her saying something about the shitty service at the restaurant in a certain tone where I'm at in my life, no matter how hard I may bring awareness to it, I'm likely going to start judging this person and creating some kind of story to put her in a box of what I think she is. Versus if we're on the dance floor and I meet you and your friends and we're just exchanging fuck yeah faces to the music, it's an energetic connection uh the communication is done with the body and particularly on a dance floor when i'm dancing a lot of times i don't know no thought control i don't know what my body's doing that's why i love dancing on a big sound system it's full surrender and that's what we call sending it and when i'm sending it my brain isn't involved my mind isn't involved i would like to think my ego's not involved it's it's my body it's my subconscious and these parties are creating a space for us to connect and communicate in that realm of energy and another topic a subtopic of this is the fuck yeah face so it's a universally known expression of when you're having an orgasm to the music. <laughs> and how beautiful is it? I'm going to step out real quick. One of the most brilliant men I ever met uh, told me about a concept to connect with people called sharing the bug. Mm. And the way the story goes is there's this old man and he's standing on the sidewalk next to this little tiny kid old man little kid and they're looking at a bug and the kid's saying how many legs do you think it has and the old man's saying oh wow i don't know at least 20 do you think he can fly no he can't fly blah 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 the point is the bug created opened a door for these humans to connect and the music is clearly doing that and in those particular moments where the music takes a certain drop or a certain sound, for those who are tuned in and on that wave of the music, 
when that bump happens, you're, are you serious? And I can look at some, it's not happening consciously, but it seems that I'm looking to share the moment with someone. And before I can even think, I'm just looking for other people who are having an orgasm right now. So out of a crowd of a hundred people, if I register, registered characters is another big topic. If I register, there's a hundred people and I see and connect with three people in a fuck yeah face moment. I'm a step closer to becoming your friend. A big step closer, way more than a little chat at the bar might do in many cases. Yeah. So this world, this world of nonverbal communication is an interesting way to start looking at what we're experiencing at these parties. And I'll pass it to you in a moment, but I just want to, maybe I'll, I'll leave it to you with this. I'm selfish and I'm loud and I selfishly want you to feel good about yourself and your situation. So I think this is a good situation for everyone. And I'd like to be corrected when I'm out of bounds, right? So the dance floor gives me a space to be loud and shine love and see you, but also recognize that fish wants to be seen like this. And Jill may want to be seen like this. And it's a different approach to everyone. And it's this constant balancing of how fucking loud and obnoxious can I be while not disrupting anyone in this space? And then it's this dance of getting feedback from you. And when you see me and you give me the feedback that I'm having an influence on your mood, then we grow together and I start putting on a little bit of a show for you. But ultimately, I'm putting it on for us because I'm just not I'm not here. We're in a new thing. And this is happening because we're not not because, but part of why this is happening is because we're not using our typical, usual way of getting to connect with each other with words. So I, I passed the baton. You can clean that up. <laughs> yeah, it's a that's a saucy mess right there. Uh, good one. Um, yeah, a lot of things. F first thing that came up was, uh, do you remember at Garbage the guy that was camping with us that had the beautiful curly rock star hair? I forget his name, tall, skinny dude, I think from Amsterdam. Um, he was a really cool guy. Um, but any, anyway, we were at one of the stages one night and it was in the midst of this like 20 hour ongoing party run. And I just remember this moment where I, he like just mentioned over to me, Hey fish. And I looked down and he gave me the deepest, like most, uh, fuck yeah face. And it was at this moment when I was definitely feeling it too, the music was hitting like so good. And we just exchanged this deep, deep fuck yeah face. And it felt like we had a 10 minute hug and like fell in love with each other in that moment. And it was, it just felt so real. And, um, so it's just one of many examples of how these nonverbal cues and communication devices can be so, so powerful and so connected and and without all these stories that are always running in our minds, or at least in my mind, uh, when I have a conversation with someone, in, unless I'm already comfortable enough to be in flow with that person and not like judging my thoughts and thinking about what I'm going to say and all that, then whatever I say is going to be informed by some bullshit in my head. 
And so it, the conversation or those social exchanges become cloudy versus just standing near someone and you're moving in a way and they start moving in the same sort of flowy way. And you, all of a sudden you're like grooving and dancing together without even touching each other or even being all that close sometimes, but you feel so close. I feel so close to a person in that moment. And one of the greatest things my mom ever taught me and said all the time was that actions speak louder than words. And that was a big, that was a big thing for me as a kid and, and still now today. And <laughs> it's even more uh, relevant because everybody's yelling at everyone in public and the social landscape. And to me, it matters a lot more what they're doing. Um, you know, politicians can say whatever they want about whatever it is, but what are they actually doing? And so I have found so much joy and, and excitement through exploring nonverbal communication on the dance floor. And I, I really didn't understand it at all at the beginning. And I think I kind of understand it now, but these feelings that come through my body and, and feel so true and real when I just share these brief exchanges with people, it, it's just fucking magic. It's just like real human heart to heart resonance that's happening. And it's because everybody going into that space or most of the people going into that space have this understanding going in that they're there to kind of do the same thing and play the same game. And so there's, there's kind of a baseline level of permission or consent, uh, in a way, like, you know, it's expected that if you're on a dance floor and it's crowded, someone's probably going to bump into you and it's not a big deal. Um, many, many motherfuckers might bump into you and it's not a big deal. You know, you have to, take it with the territory. And so people who are in a dance floor at a party, they're kind of ready. They're primed for those sort of interactions. Um, you know, for the most part, as opposed to blasting psytrance in the courtyard of a hostel where half the people there might hate it. Half the people there might be sleeping or whatever. It's that's very like intrusive and, and doesn't have much pretext to, to make it seem like the best idea. Whereas, on a dance floor, when kind of everybody's in the same vibe, you have these more subtle ways of, of making that noise of being loud or whatever, but it's, it's like people are, are looking for it. They're open to seeing it and feeling it. And so the, the body language stuff, like I really feel like I know someone better after five minutes of grooving on a dance floor versus, you know, sitting down for three hours of conversation over coffee because a lot of the time those conversations won't really dive into the essence of who we are or what makes us who we are in different ways and, and what we see in each other, et cetera, et cetera, versus dancing for a few minutes, exchanging a fuck yeah face. And just, that's all that needs to be said to realize this is my motherfucker right here. This is my people. And so it's, it's really a special part of the whole package of, of these party experiences is that, that nonverbal communication that just transcends all the politics or religious views or whatever other silly little notions uh, we each might have in our head about who someone might be. And then we just let them really show us who they are. And, and that to me, that's beautiful. It feels to me like it's uh, a closer representation check, of check, check, your check. embodiment. Can you hear me? There might be a mild technical difficulty here. Okay, that's okay. Well, 
it was a little flow breaker and I, I know exactly where we're at. A flow breaker is only a flow breaker if you let it break your flow, brother. That's right. Yeah, keep flowing. It's funny. I took a note this morning about the nonverbal communication and how I feel that it's a greater representation of embodiment rather than someone tell you who they are with all of these projections and maybe presenting this greater version of themselves that, that maybe they truly believe, but the body doesn't seem to lie. The hips don't lie, baby. <laughs> yeah, one of the notes I wrote was, you'll often hear women say, you can make promises all day, but it's what you do that really makes the impact show me. You know, and I think that we're seeing a more authentic representation of who we are uh, when, you, when you get loose on a dance floor. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah, want that, to that, talk about flow break? Go ahead. Uh, we can, but just to quickly touch on that, like, um, that's a really good point to just like keep in mind always. And it circles back to the integrity thing we were talking about before. Uh, like, I know that in my case of my work life right now, for example, I am trying to do a lot of things. I'm trying to be active, work hard, uh, you know, build cool projects, uh, contribute to communities. And I have a lot of really good intention behind with what I'm doing, but I notice myself sometimes taking on so much that I now cannot deliver on my agreements, so to speak with various people. And, and then that makes me come off because I am in this case, uh, like a, a little bit of maybe a hypocrite or like just someone that's not reliable. And I don't want to be an unreliable person. I want to be reliable to myself and to those in my life. And so that's a good moment of check-in for me. And I, I've been trying to work on this a lot of like, just at walk the walk more or less is kind of what it comes down to. And, and I get excited. I want to share things that are going on with my friends and, and, you know, talk about upcoming ideas and, and try to find some inspiration, uh, by doing so. But I, I definitely have to watch myself uh, a good amount of the time in terms of what I think I can do or what I think I might do versus just doing the things and having them speak for themselves. Yeah, I've had a tendency to want to get on the internet and talk about an idea because I'm seeing the finished product and I want to share the excitement to gain inspiration. But I talk about these ideas in that space more than actually sitting down and actually working on, on any of them. And that's something that we'll certainly dive into on another episode in uh, all the range of that topic because that could be a couple hours in itself. Bringing it back to the dance floor, Technotales. Technotales is an idea I had to translate party experiences into life lessons. And that's very much what we're doing here today. So dear Doris, thank you for hosting Technotales. Episode one, we'll call it. Fish and I have a bit of a vocabulary. You have learned about the sauce. There's probably some other ones sprinkled in there. Man, Flow Breakers is so big. It's so big. I would rather talk about registered characters first. Cool. 
You down? Are you cool with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think flow breakers as a concept could be its own very long, long conversation and maybe should be given that justice um, because it, it really is important to talk about uh, at depth. So, yeah, let's register some characters. <laughs> this boy was born to podcast right here. That's good awareness. I was actually having the same, like, I don't want to cheapen it. That deserves its own its own show. So, registered characters. What this means to me, I'll give an example first. So, if you're at a party and you're going to the bathroom and the person in front of you holds the door and has a really nice smile and you have a moment and you say thank you and you get in the bathroom that has now registered as a character I don't know this person's name but my system has a reference point that was significant enough to stand out amongst the chaos at this party so now two hours later when I go to the dance floor and 20 people are dancing if I see that guy or girl who held the door for me before my awareness is brought to them it's like seeing your name on a wall of a list of names there's there's significance there's something there there is an impression and this topic to me <laughs> this could be a whole podcast it leaks way beyond the dance floor, but we'll start with it there. And there's a lot of layers that I've noticed about registered characters. I think for me, when I'm at a party, there can be moments of social anxiety. And I'm sort of in my head and I'm looking around. And if I make eye contact with someone I know could be from long distance and we share a smile it gets me out of my head and it recenters me this is extremely valuable for me and my experience as a human being whether we're on the dance floor or on the subway so i started to pay more attention to where these smiles come from and and how they happen and a lot of it to me was that these are people that I've registered with earlier in simple acts of kindness. And it's not about going out of your way to register as a character. We don't want to do that. But it was just more paying attention and recognizing that, holy shit, as I'm moving through a crowded dance floor, I can register as a character in the way I do that. And the way that looks is I rub your shoulder as I'm passing, and if you're receptive to the nonverbal communication, I pour on a little sauce. Hey, you like that? You like this? And in passing, we have a little moment, and we've registered as characters. And now at the next day at that festival, when I'm getting a coffee, and you're standing next to me, I may not even be conscious, but you've registered as a safe space. And I'm more likely to say hello, partly because I registered you in a loving moment. And my my brain says, someone who has a fuck yeah face like that, they're not gonna be mean to me. They're gonna they're gonna welcome me the way I am. And that's what my system is picking up and registering. So I'm gonna 
pass it to you because I don't even know what I just said and let you kind of give your take on registered characters since we've been talking about it and then we'll just pass it back and forth. Yeah, puff, puff, pass. Real uh, quick, you said real quick, before, before we go on though, I want to be very clear that this is like everything. It's not, it's multidimensional. So many times the registration is happening from a negative event. You threw your beer bottle on the ground on the dance floor. That fucking registered for me. When I see you two, two weeks later and my good friend says, hey, this is my boyfriend. I'm going to be like, what the fuck, man? This guy's throwing beer bottles on the dance floor. It's all in there. I pass it to you. Yeah, that was a nice disclaimer to make at the end of a very well-said spiel of sauce. Um, and yeah, it's important to to realize that registering as a character does not imply good or bad. It just means you're doing something noticeable to anyone paying attention uh, or there's something that creates a notice between you know us and that character. And and I, I think it comes down to like what I'm looking for, I feel like in registering these characters is a sense of safety at the end of the day and, and, and comfort. Um, whereas some of the people that you register are gonna make you feel less comfortable, less safe. But it's, it's really an interesting area to think about for me. Uh, as you know, I go to Club Space here in Miami pretty often. And that place, brother, is the ultimate <laughs> character directory. And <laughs> it, it, it is it is astonishing to me the difference in my like experience, especially the first like hour of getting there, kind of settling in, feeling out the dance floor, seeing what the energy is like. The 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 biggest difference in setting a positive tone for my night there, I think, is how many registered characters that I run into and have a quick little like, "What's up, man?" Like, or "Hey, what's up, babe?" You know, like whatever the thing is, and. It doesn't have to be this like we're there to be there together the whole time or anything close to it. And it's this understood thing because, you know, if you're at a place with 400 people, they're not all going to be part of the same little tribe. So, of course, there's going to be little clusters within that. But the more of those characters that I've created over time, the more safe I feel, the more more I feel like I'm really sharing my experience, which kind of going back to what you said before, selfishly trying to like help people feel good or want people to feel good. And I, I know if something feels really fucking good for me, then there's a good chance it's going to feel good to someone else. And so this, this process of identifying these characters at space, for example, is like, it's just so fun. And I, I learned so much from these different little ways of just quickly interacting with people that makes it like, Oh, now when I see them again, I, I have a good vibe going in. Or that's a motherfucker who throws beer bottles on the ground. I better watch out for him. Uh, and it, it's just so dope, like having those relationships with people because we can't have, you know, a full deep relationship with every single person that we might get along with. It's impossible. So we have to like dedicate certain levels of energy and whatever attention to varying levels of relationships. And, and just the, the guy that always has the same like goofy space hat on in your example for a long time is like something people can feel good about as soon as they see it. And it just like creates this, this sense of like comfort and, and all the things, you know, and, and that's, I think why we love border patrol so much, which uh, that's another term that we have for when you're on the edge of the dance floor, 
kind of in the space where people are coming in and out of the dance floor, which at space I'm on border patrol, like 80% of the time. And so you get to influence the people as they come into the dance floor, which for me is like fucking church at the end of the day, like in a real way, it might sound whatever, but it's fucking church. And it's a sacred space if it's what it can be, um, you know, a dance space that's properly contained and, and has the energy flow and not half the people on their phones doing whatever. Um, and, and so I do my best to bring those people into the space that I'm in and sharing and I want it to be a good vibe in, in that space too. And we have so much influence and power and in a really beautiful way, like to, to shape the overall energy of the dance floor and then once everybody there is a registered character who's registered with each other then you have a good time <laughs> then you have a really fucking good time totally there's there's a lot to it it is about a lot of it for me is about having that shared space of safety not just to feel safe but to be sharing that and and creating that for each other and that starts with registration right you were in a stranger you registered what's interesting to me is that everyone has their own registration department and depending on where they're at in that moment your attention may be more focused on tits and ass uh, let's say 26 year old version of me had more focus on a nice fat ass whereas now it's more about like I'm drawn to openness and it doesn't matter if it's coming from 1999 Pamela Anderson or you know Cletus over there with no teeth um, so we're all going through life let's bring it Let's, 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 that's too much, right? Let's dial it down. We're all going to these parties, right? We could see that. We're all going to these parties with different things that we're looking for for different reasons. Some of us are very grounded, and I have a desire for this. Other of, others are looking for someone to complete us or something to complete us, whatever. But we all have our own little story, and our own registration system is going to notice different things. So you're going to see me in space hat with a smile and feel safe to give me a hug at any given time, whereas someone else might see that and it doesn't register, doesn't even re doesn't register because they're looking for a specific thing. I'll let you use your imagination for what that could be. Um, well, I don't really have anything else, but you brought up Border Patrol. Uh -huh. go, should I go Border Patrol or do you want to? I, let me just finish this thing I, that yeah. your thought there uh, because the girl uh, you know I told you this story I was at space and this girl in the front of the dance floor went to take a video which happens all the time and and she held her hand up to the front screen of her phone as she took this video um, you know her phone is essentially going to be in everybody's view of the DJ booth at this point. She's like standing in the front, but she, you could tell she was going to get a tastefully shot video, which I love taking really good videos at parties sometimes. Like if I feel like it's right. Um, and anyway, so she covered her screen with her hand, which to me, the only explanation I could find for that is that she didn't want to like distract the people or like just worry about what the front of her phone was doing. If that's the energy that she brought to it. 
and just other context clues. She, I think she was German or European. She was really feeling the music. There were some cues that she's like <laughs> a high level, <laughs> a high level player in this game. And so her covering her screen like that to me was a huge registration of like, this is a cool motherfucker. Like she's thinking on a high level. If I see her in a coffee shop tomorrow, I'm more than likely going to go say, Hey, yo, like that was dope. Like what's up with you. And that very well didn't trigger anyone else in the area's registration system. You know, like I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if like I was one out of 20 people who was like, wow, dope. And everyone else like, what the fuck is she doing or whatever, you know? So totally good point that we don't all register the same way. That's life, right? We all are receiving <laughs> at different levels and that's why it's important for us to share our perspectives because there's people out there who want who are more capable of learning and receiving information and ways to look at life in the context of this party world. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. But you mentioned border patrol. And just to be clear with the people on definitions here, we will make a glossary. That'd be pretty cool. Actually, we'll have a glossary and, um, Border Patrol for me works really in two areas. So the first of which is uh, I'm at a party with two female friends and when they're dancing and smiling, uh, sort of predatory guys, even in nice vibration, are, are coming in with intentions to engage out of sexual interest, essentially. And they're not in the mood for that in this night. So I play Border Patrol and kind of consciously create space to have a safe circle for these women to be able to, to let go and surrender. The other side of Border Patrol for me is more like customs, like you're checking in to get your passport stamped. And I was at a party in Brooklyn last year what I do sometimes is I'll stand in the area and I ain't standing, I'm dancing. I'll position myself in the area where people are first walking into the party. So they've paid. The first thing they interact with is the, the guy or the girl who's taking your tickets. I need to say this now, that person is extremely significant to the sauce element of the party. Let me be very clear. The energy you are bringing is having a huge impact on how people show up. The difference between where's your fucking ticket and like, hey, nice hat. <laughs> She's border patrol in this sense. And it's an energetic greeting, an energetic welcome to the space. So when these people are walking into the party and I'm in my flow, I'm like, I'm doing border patrol over here. And anyone who walks in is getting a, a movement-based smile. Now, how many times have I walked into a party and looked around, where's the movement? Fucking shit, nobody's moving. I got to get this thing started. All right, let's do it, right? <laughs> if the first, if the first, and there's been times... We're early on in a party. I'm walking in and I got my bop. I'm showing that I'm receptive to play. And someone who's in it, they've been fired up. They're fucking heated up. They give me a taste of the energy. And I'm like, whoa. It, 
it speeds me along. <laughs> it, it lets me know that my people are here and they're already dancing and that activates me. So I like to activate people and you know, you're walking in, it's always a read. I'm not going to touch you if you're not receptive, but if you are, I'm giving you a fucking hug. And sometimes those hugs have turned into 12 second exchanges of energy, which have led to deeper things, right? So to bring some of these concepts together, the by playing border patrol, uh, whether you're introducing a vibe to people who are coming in or you're protecting your friends, you could be registering as a character in that space because this is the world that you and I live in. So we're picking that up. I've noticed people playing border patrol and whether they get it or not, I give them a little salute. <laughs> I've served many years in the border patrol. You know, you're fucking important to life. To the party. It's not, it's not life. It's the party, right? Yeah, it's the party. So you're important to the party. Um, and we'll touch on flow breakers here because Border Patrol is ultimately protecting what we're calling flow. And we get into this group flow with one another and the music's playing. And all of a sudden someone comes in with a charged energy and they might be the sweetest guy in the world but the easiest flow breaker example is the guy who's hitting on the girl and he may come in with the sweetest intentions and might be really nice and might be a match for this girl but energy doesn't lie and if he doesn't come in with the right grace on that uh, the flow is broken no all of a sudden, I'm back in reality. How did I get here? What the fuck? You know, so I'm going to these parties, and for a long time, and still, I'm chasing flow. This is a book we should write about chasing flow. But yeah, I'm chasing flow almost like passionately because I've felt it before, and there's freedom in the space, and there's no judgment, and there's connection with the oneness. And we can meet there as individuals together. What the fuck is going on? So it's so special. And for me, mushrooms, psychedelics, sound at high quality. And people really is what fosters and creates this flow. But the moment that flow is broken you snap out of it and you're back to consciousness. So what broke that flow, right? And in border patrol, much of what we're doing is we're holding space. We're, we're, we're dedicating a percentage of our awareness to protecting this space so that you can fully let go and to flow together. Is that a good articulation of what's going on here? I would say nailed it pretty good on that. Like, yeah, it's, it's that it's, it's once you've had a taste of this, what we're calling flow, which you could define it as a few things, I think, but it, it sums it up. Well, it's, it's so fucking powerful and ma like magnetic and just, it builds on itself. You know, that's why we go for these shared flow environments because, uh, like a BMX rider on a crazy track is in flow big time, but he's in his own flow and, and that's its own amazing thing. 
but when you share flow energy and like a vortex of it is created bar none the most powerful experiences and memories in my life have been from these these moments on the dance floor where you have 20 people however many people in this state of like primal energy exchange and i feel like for it to be optimal in that setting you need some feminine and masculine energy and the most beautiful examples i have seen are when women feel safe to express their real feminine energy and the men are not coming in with this like grabby uh, whatever type of energy and and like envision festival for example where we've spent some time is a great example to me of the kind of energy that can be created together on the dance floor and i think in general the the girls feel safe there the guys aren't in that energy for the most part so it becomes this like really deep tribal feeling like animals like lions and lionesses dancing with each other sometimes and it that like i get chills thinking about those moments that i've had and you know there's all these levels in between and being at most parties is going to be some like lower stage version of trying to create a flow together because there's so many flow breakers and you know not judging it's just what these people are doing in moments which i've broken flow plenty of times myself we all do it in some ways and it's becoming conscious of that and how it affects the energy that's that's being exchanged in some cases you know like the two girls you were with like they're exchanging this like powerful feminine energy and then if a guy comes in with some unwanted hit on you energy it's breaking that like awesome moment that they're sharing and at the end of the day like i want to share the present moment as deeply as possible with other people who are feeling it too <laughs> and like for me that's the ultimate sauce right there um otherwise i'll just sit at home and jerk off for the rest of my life you know and so it's the, you know, these flow breakers, we've seen so many examples of, maybe we should talk about face wipe girl, uh, since we're on the envision track, did you have a Go for plan for, yeah. for that? So yeah, we're at, uh, envision festival a couple years ago. And for those of you who don't know, it's this uh, really dynamic festival in the jungle and beach in Costa Rica. You have everything from, uh, uh, kundalini yoga classes to late night techno parties to you know yoga uh, workshops wellness education but really fucking banging parties too and we went down there and with very much the intention to send it to the music which they have an incredible lineup so you know we had this whole night planned of like okay take acid at this time be at the stage at this time lock into flow for who knows how long <laughs> till the music stops and we're both so excited because like this was us like priming ourselves for our like optimal like sending and we get to the dance floor and for the most part people are vibing people are flowing chilling having a good time and this girl comes up to me eventually and says like hey i th think i know you i recognize you from somewhere and i was like i don't know maybe and then she asked if i was part of this uh budokan community which was a, a multidisciplinary martial arts um, studio here that I was going to for like a week before I gave up on it. And uh, <laughs> a little bit of exaggeration, but um, that's the short of it. And anyway, I was like, okay, maybe she saw me on a, a social media post of theirs, whatever. And so we, we exchanged a hug and she was pretty nice and didn't think much of it. And I think she may have like introduced to you as well at the time. I, I don't remember, but 
you know, from that point we're dancing, flowing, and sometime later, 30 minutes we'll call it, she just comes up to, I don't know if it was you or me first, with one of these like um, nice like organic face wipes, and very abruptly and intensely proceeded to wipe our faces with well, these wipes. I have to I have to jump in because okay. yeah 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 give it your side to paint the picture from my perspective. Um, I don't remember meeting this woman per se. I don't remember when that first happened, but I do remember that she was time and time again. Um, disrupting my connection with the music and what I was registering as an out-of-bounds frequency. If you want to connect and, you know, that's that's and we have a different way of doing that, I can work with that. But when it's every three minutes you're back and then when you're not on me, you're on someone else, if you've registered as a character of someone I want to get the fuck away from. Um, and... I want to be clear real quick, just a quick segment, that um, talking about flow breakers does, it's an egotistical thing because ultimately we're talking about our individual perspective of flow. What I've learned over two years of paying attention to flow breakers is that we are in a flow of the universe that's way bigger than somebody stepping on my shoes on a dance floor. And in talking about flow breakers uh, and anything for that matter, I've sort of, I, it, it triggers me. And under the brand of Army of Love, sometimes I feel a little muzzled uh, to get my shit off and use that trigger energy to just fucking rant a little bit. So I just want to say for this topic and for everything, um, yeah, I want to express myself more and I, I do want to come from a place of love and the flow breakers is kind of tricky because uh, particularly in the beginning and still now today, flow breakers fucking piss me off. I, I, I can't deny it. And I'm, trying and i'm working on being more patient with that because it's not just the dance floor it's it's all throughout life and yeah i i don't know i felt the need to say that so back forward with the face wipes so this this woman was already breaking my flow kind of perpetually at this point so i was consciously not making eye contact with her right and at some point she comes up to us with these face wipes and it's an earlier point of what we were saying before about sharing your gifts. So from her perspective, she may be thinking, I have these face wipes. I want to share the gift and clean this little boy. <laughs> and I'm already repulsed by the energy inside of this human body. I'm not even going to make it about her, right? I just don't like the energy coming from over there. So now it's coming in and forcefully on me. And we talked about this for like six weeks after this, because at that point in our lives, neither you or I had, I don't know the perfect word, but we didn't have the strength in our boundary setting to say, no, 
no, no, no, no, no, no, no. This is not okay for me. I don't feel comfortable here. And I just took two tabs of acid. You're putting me in a very tight place, which I, I ended up having an awfully amazing, terrible acid trip that, that time. Missed all the music. I was in a different world that I needed to see. And I'm not blaming this woman, but she was certainly breaking my flow. And then there's a communal flow on the dance floor that's being broken. So, you know, on one level, I think to myself, I want to avoid this person so I can get deeper into this flow. Um, so I'll go to the other side of the dance floor. But I think ultimately the path is is being able to express what is a yes and what is a no and to do that from a place of love. And maybe that's what she needed to hear in that moment was a firm no to be reminded that not everybody wants to receive the gifts that you're looking to share in this moment. Um, but it's, I mean, a typical, to to bring it into like, my what I want to talk about with flow breakers is that there's been times where I'm on the dance floor having my own experience with the music and the best way I can describe it is that it's what I imagine a lucid dream to be like I'm receiving information I'm ever so lightly able to guide where the information is coming from like topic wise explore more about my mom's death you know but i'm not getting it like it's coming to me and it's slow and if i focus on it too much it's gone or if i want it to go this way it's gone so only in this perfect space which is really hard to get to Am I downloading sacred information? And at times it's like, holy shit, I'm literally unpacking childhood trauma that's unresolved that I don't have access to and I'm getting there and I can't grab for it too hard. And then all of a sudden, hey man, cool energy. Where are you from? <laughs> And that's why I had to say the preface before, because I'm making fun of this character, right? But for me, I'm having this type of experience on the dance floor. I'm literally talking about vivid memories of the last time I touched my mother. Areas of experience and memories that for whatever reason, I don't have regular access to. And I'm not particularly going out there with intention to find them, but when they're being received, I know that this is very, very, very special. And in this case, we're calling that flow. I mean, it's, 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 it's bigger than that, right? But for me, it's very it's a process to get in that space of flow. It could take fucking hours. This is why we really appreciate good DJs that we connect with because you're letting us go deeper, letting us go deeper. And then if someone comes in and they're needy and every two minutes or so, 
they're not able to just let go and surrender to the music. They need to come in and tap me and ask a question or say something. Uh, this is a flow breaker to me. And I've reached a point in my life where I'm able to say to people, hey, I'm looking to connect with the music right now. I don't want to talk. But oftentimes, four minutes later, they come right back and they talk. And then I tell them again, and they do it again. So what do I do at that point? And I don't have a clear answer, but to tell you what I do is I, in some ways, I run away from them. And then as a result, I'm giving up my, maybe I want to stand in this corner. Maybe I like the way this corner is decorated. But since this energy that I can't seem to flow with is here, I'm going to leave now. So it's about boundaries. It's about presence. And since I've been in this space and have had my flow broken, um, I do my best to be <laughs> highly conscious of not disrupting, not breaking other people's flow. And it's not about like, you need to be a perfect, how many flow breakers you got this week? <laughs> you know, like, no, it's right. just a lens to see the world and yeah yeah i mean a, a lot of this is is good to be said with the kind of like disclaimers or like the thing you were saying before uh about face wipe girl like you know a lot of this comes off as very judgmental and it is and it's like from a place of ego in in a, in a way but also you know we don't know anything about these people they you know this face wipe girl might be saving starving children in africa for all i know and so i'm not judging her as a person as a whole, I'm just speaking to my experience with her energy and the, the effect that it has on me and how I can maybe learn something and gain out of that. Because at the end of the day, like you, I had a pretty fucked up, difficult acid trip that night and I ended up finding you at the end of it and we kind of, you know, we're able to get back together, but it was not what we expected or, or intended on, but she taught a very valuable lesson in setting more clear boundaries and dealing with these situations in the best way we can, which sometimes there isn't anything you can do about a situation. But in this case, like you said, and like Sycamore said, this cool motherfucker who we met and basically Sycamore. we ended up asking him what he would do with face wipe girl situation. And he said simply no when she was offering it. And it it's almost too obvious, right? Sometimes the answer is right there under our nose. And, and it was, we were both just like, yeah, like what? Yeah. You just very clearly communicate that that's not what you want instead of dipping around it. Like, Oh, I'll be nice and like play along with this girl and like give her a little whatever. And when in that reality that takes away so much from us that it's like not fair to ourselves to, 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 to just not set a boundary there. And so yeah, so I'm super grateful for that really fucked up acid trip. And and like what you were saying about these moments that we get into these, we, we get so, I get so deep into flow and, and, and into being present that I can tap into a higher place of consciousness and my higher truth. And I sometimes can learn incredibly valuable lessons in these moments. And if I'm three quarters of the way through a download and some, you know, whatever, flow breaker happens a uh, tall drunk dude bumps into me really hard on the dance floor like that it sucks you know but at the end of the day if we're putting ourselves in that environment like i could take those two tabs of acid at home in my living room and have these same realizations but because i choose to do it in the party world 
then I have to accept that <laughs> there's going to be some unintended consequences of that setting that I've chosen for that experience. Yeah. And as a result, you will naturally be drawn to the organizations and DJs, which generally attract a sauce that has a level of awareness about respecting space if you want to call it that mm -hmm. but i also want to talk about how flow breakers carries beyond the dance floor uh, it shows up everywhere once you start to really pay attention with this perspective and for example if I get a creative burst and I want to go make a video in the backyard, but the GoPro battery isn't charged. I have such drive in that moment. It needs to happen now. Oh, the go, what a flow breaker, right? And it's an opportunity in this context to practice taking responsibility for everything in your life because ultimately I didn't charge the GoPro. So, you can start to become aware of how you're your own flow breaker ultimately. And that's something interesting to look into. But then also just given the different areas of flow breakers, uh, yesterday I was driving my dad to go to the doctor and I was really connecting with this one track and I wanted nothing more than to fucking bump that shit in the car and oh, send it. I was really connecting to this track. But I'm aware based off of past engagements that right now that would not be in alignment with my dad's energy. So in the past, maybe what would happen is we walk out to the car I try putting on the techno track. He says, hey, I'm not really in the mood. Can we do something else? Now that flow is kind of broken and I got to play something, it's, it's, it's jammed up. Whereas, rather than selfishly playing my techno track, I selfishly pick something that's going to appease me and where he is. And then I'm consciously putting on like sitar meditation music so that when we enter the car, this kind of vibe is waiting for him. And then sure enough, he gets in the car and he feels good and the flow isn't broken. You see what I'm saying? Like the flow maintains. And then I'm able to take my dad deeper into this flow and put him in a good mood on the way to the hospital. And we get to the hospital and it's a scary, low vibe place but we're coming in so bright because we weren't saying, did you take the medicine and all these worried things on the way there? We were deepening into the moment that we were sharing together. And that's kind of going on on a tangent, but I want to just invite whoever's listening to start paying attention to these flow breakers and not only how and where they show up, but why do they break your flow? Why does that annoying guy in the accounting department, every time he calls you for a report, why does it piss you off and break your flow? And it'll give you an opportunity to explore because your triggers are your teachers ultimately. So a, a moment of gratitude to the, all the flow breakers out there. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important takeaway from all this and what we're getting at with this in general, having these conversations is that 
the opportunities to to be at school <laughs> are are so ever present in our lives and and especially at a fucking party with a bunch of weird people that are just being themselves and not giving a shit and 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 the stuff comes out so clearly in that space uh so often and it's it's just like once you start paying attention it, it's a never-ending process of constantly like realizing okay I, I did not have that scene or figured out at all but now i do and then i can slowly figure it out more and eventually be able to say no to things I don't want more effectively and things like that. Yeah. There's something you, you said, it just came up to me now. Uh, you said it a long time ago and I don't know why it came up now, but it's important. And I feel that we're in the tail end of landing this ship, this first episode. And I think this is a good topic to discuss. Um, you mentioned how you came into the party scene in your late 20s, early 30s, and you had already had a dance with identification as a poker player. So you were aware that you didn't want to identify with, with anything, really. Now, on the flip side of that is a whole generation of human beings who are going to these parties looking to identify consciously or subconsciously doesn't really matter and on the surface level i mean even myself as much as i wasn't looking to identify as i was new to this there were certain people that i thought were the cool kids uh and i was in Tulum, mind you, and the like super bougie Fressa type, not to, I'll just brush them off, but that energy, they, they, they didn't fool, they didn't fool me for one moment, all right, I'm from fucking New, Jer New Jersey, we can smell that shit from three blocks away, okay, but what, there were certain people that I kind of looked up to in the like, spiritual cool burning man space and as i grew over the years i i came to feel that i don't look up to the way this person lives their life and i feel that there's a lot of uh, pretentiousness and sort of spiritual ego in in a lot of these people that i sort of was blindly looking up to before and i think it can be really misleading and i'm not here to say that i'm you know jesus christ or the one that has all the right answers i just think it's important that we have multiple perspectives out there so that when a young boy or girl shows up to these parties they're so easily influenced and impressed right so on the surface level he may be drawn to the bottle service type of life and, and maybe that's great and maybe that's what you want but I think it's really important to open the door for people to know that hey uh, the cool kids by our standard are over here with uh, open arms waiting for you to join us on the swing set on the place on the playground <laughs> on the on the PlayStation yeah on the playground just you know, in inviting and welcoming. And there's been a few instances, many times in Tulum, 
a few times in Berlin where I really felt left out. Like my tricks weren't working. Um, I was presenting my energy and it wasn't being received. And I recognized that I was giving uh, value to the external reception. So I was giving them value. But what it felt to me was a lot of like, I'm not cool enough to be in your crew. And again, that's my own interpretation of my own insecurities and this and that. But it's only a few instances where I felt that everywhere else it's flowing and it's good and I'm finding my connections. But that was a shitty feeling. And at 31 years old, I had enough strength to know, you know, I deserve love. This is okay. But how many people don't have that? And they go out there and the cool kids in the corner don't, you know, they brush them off. And I'm, I'm not saying everyone needs to invite everyone in for tea and lunch, but there's a way to respect one another at like an eye contact kind of level. And I see a lot of misguided, I'll just call it how I see it. I see a lot of fucking spiritual ego in the space. And whether the people realize it or not, and whether I'm right or not, doesn't really matter. I'm just, I want to do my part, not to shit on anyone else, do what you're doing. And if that stuff works for other people, that's great. But I want to open the door for the people that are confused, or don't really feel it, don't feel that authenticity of acceptance. And I think that that's so important to bring that to the world. And I'm choosing my place of occupation to be the party environment because I just I love it our whole conversation obviously shows what we're getting out of this and what we're bringing to it and and learning and evolving so I think it's really valuable to have more discussions about being open and being loving and helping anyone, whether they're young or not. But the easy example is helping these younger kids have good examples to look up to. And I don't know if I don't know, you know, it's no one's, it's no one's job to be a role model. But I do think as a contribution to the collective and as a society to kind of pass along information and, and pave the path for for others young or not uh, is really valuable so I want to pave a path of love and openness and invitingness but also truth and respecting boundaries and having a space to be able to communicate that I don't want your energy right now and and for you to be okay with that yeah, that was all very well said, and I connect and resonate with damn near all of it um, pretty strongly. And in terms of the like being good role models bit, I look at society with like an analytical, a critical lens pretty often these days, and I I wonder like what are the things we need to change? Like, can we change these things? What makes a big difference overall and influence on a grand scale, especially or like education, which is part of that influence are the fundamentals of where this ship we're all on goes uh, in the future. And when I look at like the type of influence that young people have in mainstream pop culture and music and reality TV, that the very commercial stuff, 
all the way down to the bullshit that exists in our world, which is generally a filtered uh, thing. Like it's, it scares me. And, you know, I want to, I feel that part of my purpose on earth is to try and make it a little better. Um, you know, not everybody has that philosophy. Um, but I do feel like I want to help people around me do things. If I can, if we can help each other do it better, basically at, at the end of the day. And I've learned so many little life hacks or uh, party moves or whatever thing that I, I, I'm now happier and more whole of a person. Cause I learned from another person. Like, I just know the power of that influence. And so I, I, I try to be more and more conscious of what I'm doing with my life that has an influence on other people. And I'm not doing it perfect by any stretch. Like I fucking smoke spliffs and vape and jerk off and all this shit that might not be optimal, but it's, it's, I, I feel like I have a lot of power right now in, in my work, in the, in the music industry, in the events industry, like, I can do things differently and I feel more and more inspired to do things differently all the time. And a lot of that is just seeing where people are not putting in any effort or any level between zero and minimal and, and like just wanting to try a little, a little bit to do a good job with things and, and create like these environments that we're talking about that people can share these experiences and, and these connections. And so it's, it's great. Like these conversations are so great because I feel like they on a personal level are informing my work moving forward in a big way. And, and just, you know, there, there is like you and I have both experienced some level of popularity in our relative communities. And there's a way to use that for good. You know, it's like my poker identity, for example, I, I could have used that for some really positive things in ways, but I would have needed to continue playing poker and like really being in that life. And I decided that I didn't want to like, I just wanted to disconnect fully from it. Um, but like in everything we do, we have the ability to make positive impact and you know, all these little things that we do when we're with people change the course of their reality in a way that could be minuscule or very significant. And so that like keeps me going every day of like being aware of, wow, whatever I'm doing here tonight with these hundreds of people, like might have a really real impact on them and their life. So let me try, try <laughs> to constantly be acting in a way that aligns with that understanding. And, and it's a try and it's not always, but it's more and more, uh, you know, all the time. Yeah. I think the dangers of that are sort of putting this pressure on yourself to, to fit into a certain energy or to uh, not break anyone's flow, right? You know, like stuff like this. And at the end of the day, you know, I hear you say, I'm not perfect. I smoke spliffs. And I, I could see myself saying the same thing. But in hearing you say it, my great dear reflection brother, all I'm thinking in my, in my head is you are perfect. And you smoking that spliff while may not be optimal right um for whatever reason you deem that to be so uh it may trigger someone in a way that ends up being perfect in a way that we may not see so i think ultimately it's creating space for people to really be in touch with themselves and then um 
you know, creating avenues for them to be able to express that uh, openly and to be received. And you do this with the events that you're creating. It's ultimately the basis of this Army of Love project is to attract people in a similar frequency and then, you know, create an environment where we have a similar intention to work on accepting each other, ourselves, and life as a whole. So it's nice to be here. Fucking just hearing myself say this feels nice and a, a much better use of my energy than some of the things I've been doing for this project in the last few months. So I really appreciate you stepping up and just existing as a human being and being my best friend over the last few years. And this is a new chapter that, you know, in this moment, I'm not, I want to share that it feels fucking amazing to be creating this and starting these conversations. So thank you, brother. You're welcome. And thank you as well for uh, your role in all this and role in my life. And uh, I feel like we've learned so much from each other. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, uh, this, a lot of this comes down to, uh, generating more self-acceptance or getting closer to a place of full, utter self-acceptance. And I, what I've found, and I, this could be me projecting my ego, creating a story. I'm not really sure, but that when I'm able to just accept myself for the things that I might like judge myself for, like smoking too many spliffs in one day, whatever it is the the acceptance of the fact that okay, I just smoked that many splits today like maybe I should work on that and be a little more careful with it whatever that is but but like just accepting that like I'm not going to be perfect and I am perfect like you know it's a yin and yang thing right and and it's I just feel good with that like it feels good in my body to feel like okay if I had a cheeseburger for breakfast today like is that really a big fucking deal you know versus I'm never going to be like the hundred percent perfect model of my projected ideal human version, probably maybe, <laughs> but, and so like just accepting myself more and more. And that's what I hope to do with the work that I do. And with having these conversations with you is like, I'm going to be face wipe girl in some way someday. And I want to be able to forgive and accept that person while also working together to do it better and, and not do it the same way next time. And so it's, it's dope and this is great. And I'm so glad that we've got this going and I kind of want to maybe end my spiel with a Jordan Peterson quote, another one that I uh, wrote down from that same podcast um, very much relates to what we're saying right now. And uh, he said, you don't think you're your very own worst enemy. You haven't thought about it very much. Then have you ever judged anyone as harshly as you've judged yourself? Have you ever hated anyone as intensely as you've hated yourself? Have you ever been disappointed by anyone as much as you've been disappointed by yourself? So how do we forgive that? How do we come to terms with that? And for me, that hit. And I've, I do feel like I've uh, put more of those energies on myself than anyone else in my life. Um, and so working to detangle that is, is a fun process. Yeah, and... I see it as much like the dance floor, brother. It's, you know, you dance alone, but we dance together. And he fucking nailed it when Ram Dass said, we're all walking each other home. It's really all what this, what we're talking about here. So let's just 
change that walk to a dance and uh that's, that's what we're doing here so yeah i don't think we we need to say anything more is there thank you for sharing the quote and i encourage you to bring these quotes uh never forced of course but uh also to anyone listening out there as much as we're going to talk about things that are interesting to us uh, we want to appeal to you and in an ideal world we would have the comments section with different perspectives and people uh, having an ability to voice themselves and to be heard. So it's really not about the stat. Uh, it's more about the actual engagement and the exchange of perspectives that I'm interested in. So I really encourage you to share anything you may be feeling. And also, uh, dream big and let us know if you have ideas for us. We would like to do a question and answer segment. And if there's just any ideas you have about the potential of this podcast or anything that I'm doing in regards to the Army of Love, I'd really like to invite you to share those ideas and open a door for you to dream creatively because ultimately I view this as our project that I'm leading. So thank you for being here. Fish, love you, brother. Thanks, brother. Love you very much, too. This was awesome. Again soon.